0: shout out to them. They'll definitely be back on the next episode. We had interesting guests that were going to opine on some of the topics that I discussed and they had an emergency. So I said, you know what, I'm not going to cancel the show last minute. I'm going to conduct it like a radio hour. For those who are sticking around and being patient, I appreciate it. And you know, we'll be back to the regular schedule format next week. But in show business, the show must go on, so I'm going to just discuss a couple of topics that I was going to discuss with my fellow guests and co-hosts, and still see if my particular perspective on these topics can, you know, still have an interesting dialogue, still have those who come to watch the video later, or watch the video as we're doing it now, you could opine and see if you understand some of the things that I'm talking about, and you know, It was another week of interesting things happening, you know, all across the board. You know, on the sidebar, before I really get into the topics, you know what I'm saying, I want to give a shout out to the Yankees. They did their thing this year, you know, they kind of, uh, it was up 3-2, but then, you know, they still lost to Houston, and I'm proud of those boys because the expectations for them weren't as high as previous years, and they still made it really deep, so shout out to them. The Knicks are breaking my heart as usual, but you know what I'm saying? That's the plight of a Knicks fan. But I'm going to get back into the topic, uh, well, the regular schedule show. And the first topic I want to discuss is called My Black is Beautiful. And there was a couple of things that happened this week that kind of made me feel like I wanted to discuss My Black is Beautiful because I feel like we're still going through image issues as far as, you know, how African-American people are seen in the media, especially people who have darker skin. Now, this is not going to be me bashing lighter-skinned people. It's just going to me pointing out things that I see as, you know, people, you know, kind of differentiate different people from different skin tones. And the first thing I wanted to point out was, even though we did discuss Harvey Weinstein last week, Something happened this week that kind of made me think about you know how you know darker skin is being viewed because Lupita Nyong'o I am not I'm saying her name wrong but we know the beautiful African actress who was in Star Wars movie, he, her, playing, her most popular role was Twelve Years a Slave. She came out and had an allegations versus Harvey Weinstein, and for some reason <coughs> Harvey Weinstein has been you know, he's been quiet. First he tried to use Jay Z's lyric and four 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 to defend him and that fell flat. He was trying to get, you know, somebody from the the culture because he recently did business with Jay Z to like, you know, deflect some of his, you know, some of the he, he has and that fell flat. Then he tried to say Oprah Winfrey wanted to do a tell all with him so he could tell his side and Oprah was just like I didn't say that. Like, he thought Oprah was going to support him. She was just like, if you want to be able to come in and get interviewed so I, we could ask you these questions unfiltered, you could come through. But he thought he could get, like, the sweetheart there. So let me bring it back to get off of the tangent. So when Lupita had her claims come out, Harvey Weinstein all of a sudden went to come out and says, oh, no, he doesn't remember it going down that way, and this, that, and the other. And I was thinking to myself, okay, so... All of the actresses are beautiful that have these claims against him. Some are more well-known than others. But he chooses the one time to defend himself when our dark skin chocolate sister Lupita comes out and makes it seem like, no, she had things misconstrued. And it kind of of rubbed me the wrong way because it kind of was just like, okay, so all these other beautiful actresses, you know, you're not going to debate it, but when the chocolate sister come out, you know what I'm saying? That's all of a sudden you you, deg- you develop the courage to talk about it, you know, talk out against it. And I'm thinking to myself, why is it the dark-skinned, beautiful woman? You know, that's the one you have to be like, I'm not trying to claim that allegation. That allegation is false, but all the other allegations is okay. And another instance that happened that kind of made me think like, wow, I need to discuss about, you know, how dark skin is being viewed. There's a loving hip-hop actress if you want to call her an actress or entertainer, Hazel E, who, like, went in, was saying, my mother always told me that dark-skinned people were going to be jealous of me, and all you mud monkeys need to fall back, and, you know, stop being jealous of me, and, you know, if anybody follows that show, and, and know how Hazel E looks, first of all, she's light-skinned, but she's definitely not the most attractive person in the world. Two she's really altered her face and her look, right? But for, for her, her, her confidence was saying that, you know, she's light-skinned, people are being jealous of her, and, you know, that that was her... That was the reason why people were picking at her because she's light-skinned and dark skin people are being jealous. So my question, or well, the first thing I want to discuss is, why is dark skin not considered as beautiful as light skin? It seems that in our society you know, the light-skinned people or the light-skinned actors and actresses get pushed to the forefront, and it seems like, you know, our dark-skinned actors, actresses, models, whatever, you know, form of entertainment seems to not get that claim to fame or that that shine or that push that they need to get, you know? I I say it's very frustrating, and I want to know, like, what is the deep psychology behind it? Because... Even recently, we've had an issue where Dove Soap did an advertisement where, you know, they had a beautiful chocolate young lady, starts out as the before, and it says dirty, or, you know what, let me take that back because I don't want to slander them. It didn't say dirty, but this was the before, and then it was making it seem like as you apply Dove, it becomes lighter. You know, they had two instances. They had one back in 2011 where the before was like a dark-skinned woman and then the after were like a lighter-skinned Latina and a white woman. And it's just like, there's been history of dark being equated to dirty. Dark being equated is not as beautiful. And you would think in this day and age, with all the beautiful pigments that we see on a daily basis, why do we still have this mentality? Why are people still downplaying dark skin people and why do we still push forward that you know being bright is right you know it bothers me because I feel a lot of actresses who have skills and have a lot of talent aren't given the same shine because of their dark skin and I feel like you know black is beautiful dark is beautiful is something that we have to continue to tell ourselves but why why aren't we getting that national appeal, that national support of that segment? You know, it really bothers me, you know, how to get away with murder. Beautiful, strong actress. But I, I always hear comments of when people discuss the things that, you know, her name is Her name is escaping me. But it'll come back to me. I, I'm always hearing how people say, you know, she can act but she looks crazy or she's not beautiful and i'm just like why is she not beautiful because she you know she have a darker skin tone you know she doesn't have the quote-unquote she doesn't really wear the straight hair or her own hair she actually wear wigs a lot of times and it really bothers me that you know we have to continue to fight to get that same notoriety Another instance that I I always discuss is how Serena Williams, as beautiful and as, you know, sexy and attractive as that woman is, she's always equated to, like, her dark skin. They call her and her sisters monkeys. And they don't always do it up front. They kind of do it in a roundabout way sometimes. And uh, it always bothers me, like, why, even in our own community, do we not support? we not celebrate the dark skin I see some models who are from the African culture and they're promoted because their beautiful dark skin shows such a beautiful contrast with the different colors that models tend to wear and as beautiful as I see it I'll go to the comments and the worst thing you could do in the world is go to the comments of any video because in this day and age Watching the comments and, and, and seeing how vicious people are is, is very tough. Like I even myself as a dark skinned man, you know, I would get into um, you know, situations in high school, middle school, and like, you know, of course I've always been a big dude, so I was ready to be prepared to like combat, you know, big jokes and things like that. But when I would hear things about when I would hear things about you know oh you're black you're black uh, your dark skin is not not beautiful I always would laugh because I was comfortable with my complexion I was comfortable with my skin and I would just love to know why in this day and age have we not get got past the dark skin not being claimed as beautiful why do we still have the Eurocentric views of this is what it means to be beautiful you know I know plenty of people of all shades and tones that you know people with darker skin tones are prettier than some people with lighter skin tones it's not a competition kinda thing beauty comes in all different ways and forms but it seems that we're still caught up with that issue and it really bothered me to see that you know we don't support our beautiful chocolate people and even in our own community it even goes back to like the slavery where a, a lighter skinned person would be considered a house worker and a darker skinned person would be a field worker and we was always being drawn against each other but why aren't we as a people promoting our, our dark is beautiful I always hear that you know our, our dark skin always comes with a compliment that comes with a caveat you know the pretty dark you're pretty for a dark skinned girl you're handsome for a dark skin man but when we people with our lighter skin tone the same compliments. It doesn't come with any caveats. And it's just interesting to me. I would, you know, if anybody wants to comment on that, I would love to know how people feel about that. How how, how are we still stuck in that day and age? Excuse me. So yeah, my, my, my black is beautiful topic to me is this. I wanted us to be able to continue to have that dialogue and continue to discuss why our dark skin is not viewed as beautiful, why our dark skin continues to provide a certain profile to us. Dark skin persons sometimes in certain settings are viewed you know, hostile versus a a non-dark skin person. I know myself in the corporate culture I, I see how the minorities of different skin tones are treated, you know, like dark-skinned women in position of power. Dark-skinned women in the position of power sometimes are viewed as aggressive or viewed as, you know, having an attitude just because they're stern and they're strong with their opinion. And I'll see someone of a lighter skin tone be just as assertive And and viewed as someone who just knows their stuff. They're they're, they're on their game. But the label of being aggressive or being, you know, too assertive is not not brought on to the person. I mean, the second aspect of this conversation I want to have is why is Darskin viewed as a threat in this country? It seems that, you know, if a young man usually... You know, young man of color who portrays certain features of our African descent, you know, the darker skin, maybe the thicker nose, maybe the thicker lips, maybe the coarse hair. It always seems to... Uh, that the person who possessed these characteristics are viewed as more of a threat than the people who don't have these characteristics. And, you know, I, I just don't understand how in this country we can still live under that. That threat. A lot of people said that Obama wouldn't have been elected president if he had a darker skin, if he wasn't of mixed descent. And when I used to hear that, I used to feel so insulted, like, how could a person's skin tone constitute their merit? But in this country, you can see in the climate that we're living in, especially with who, you know, number 45, who we have as our president, it seems that we're people more eager To like have these kind of feelings and not feel like they need to justify their feelings and just be like, you know what, that's just how I feel. And it's it's really a disturbing dynamic that we have going on in this country. I wish there was ways that we could, you know, get past this dynamic and get past feeling this way. But it just seems that we can't get over it. It just seems... That would continue to live in that particular light. We're still getting drawn in certain, certain ways that you know our, our features are exaggerated and stereotyped. But then it seems that you know certain parts of the culture have surgery and have augmentations to adapt the features. You know, the dark-skinned woman. May not be viewed as beautiful, but her, you know, her thick lips sometimes are perpetuated from other cultures and are recognized as beautiful, but not beautiful on our chocolate system, you know, red bone. And, and I hate to do anything to further, you know, separate the people, you know, I've had, you know, women say to me, I know I'm fine. I'm light skinned. And I'm just like, you know, that was the first thing that they went to to de- confirm their beauty. And to me, that's just like, you can be ugly in light skin. You can be ugly in white. You could be gorgeous in dark skin. You know what I'm saying? Why why is the skin tone as beautiful as some very dark skin, t- skin tones are, you know, smooth? you know, look like chocolate, look very appealing. And I know I'm one person with one perspective. I just don't understand the threat that people feel of the of the dark-skinned man. Every time someone is, is, is cast and sketched as a villain, he portrays the traits of our African heritage. And it, it to me, it bothers me. Like, what can we do as a people to change or improve our receptance? right? Because we... We shouldn't have to change anything about our appearance. We shouldn't have to change any way on how we carry ourselves, especially if we're carrying ourselves in a professional demeanor. But what can we do to have others not just put us in a box, not just stereotype us, not just view our skin as arm and dangerous, you know? I think a lot of times when we take the time out to articulate our thoughts, and present beautiful projects of our creativity, of our intelligence were often met with the wow you know that was that was so well put together but I didn't expect it from that person I, I myself recently uh, was um, at a sporting event and then you know just because of my presentation now granted I was wearing you know a shirt and jeans and sneakers that a person a non-minority seen me and was just like oh wow I didn't know you worked at the place that I work at I would have never guessed it and I'm thinking to myself we're at a sporting event so most of the times when you attend a sporting event you're not necessarily suited and booted Okay, it's, it's during the week so sometimes people do come to a sporting event dressed in their work attire But, if you're at a sporting event, a t-shirt, jeans, sneakers, or, you know, are clothing that's appropriate for the event. But, you know, just because of my, uh, my appearance, I was viewed as someone who couldn't be working where I was working. And then, after we was having conversations and discussing, you know, the natures of business and different things that go on, I seen the person develop a comfort with me and was like, you know, happy to embrace me and have these conversations and we was able to talk about other things and it was so, it, was, it felt very familiar, but the initial introduction or the initial response of me was that, you know, because of my appearance, they didn't think that I belong at the place where I work at. I never discuss where I work at, but you know, it's just a crazy dynamic that we have going on. In this country, and I would love for us to get together and get past some of the ideologies, especially people outside of our community, because we have the same. We have the own issues in our own community. I feel like you know sometimes, even even me being of a Caribbean descent, I'm I'm Haitian. But, um, my parents are from Haiti. Even sometimes in some of the, the cultural things that I hear, you know, sometimes you'll see some children giving more love or showing more you know acknowledgement because they, they share the skin the um, attributes of a fairer skin or softer softer hair. And to me it's, it's just if we don't de- learn to develop different perspectives and shades of beauty, we'll never get past the stigmatism of our dark skin our African traits being not beautiful, being a threat. The next topic I wanted to discuss is black men and masculinity. So, um, I feel, and you know what, I would love love to have someone combat me, but I feel like I don't think it's an agenda, but I think there's an issue with the masculinity of black men and how it's being portrayed. You know, so many Young um, young men of color are doing things and carrying themselves in in a manner that's for, for for lack of better words, lacking masculinity. Recently, we had a video that go viral of a young man who calls himself New Age Jerk Boy. It's a, uh, a artist coming out of Florida. He shot a video of himself dancing in a wedding dress uh, called, uh, Married to the Game, and, um, the young man has, you know, his nails painted and is in a white wedding dress, and in part of the video, he puts an AK-47 in his mouth, and he simulates performing oral sex on the gun, and, um, like, the imagery is totally disturbing, but it, it appears that uh, more and more men of color are choosing to carry themselves and express themselves in, in a way that lacks the masculinity that traditionally were brought up with. And, um, you know, Young Thug, a Little Uzi Vert, a, a slew of um, these new artists. Are carrying themselves where you know clothes that are feminine, you know skirts, dresses, and um, you know using using language. Oh, that's my baby. That's my boo. And um, and it's it's not it's not even signs of sexuality where you know these people are are you know. A homosexual or bisexual. And that's a lifestyle. And you know. That would be totally fine. Because you know. If that's your lifestyle. That's who you are. I totally get it. I'm very supportive of living the life that you want to live. But I feel like the black men are using um, femininity as a promotional tool. As something to bring attention to themselves. And I'm just like. You know. Is... Is it disturbing that this is a new form of marketing? Or is it a sign of the time that masculinity in the, in, in the population of people of color is like being diminished? It's a very disturbing trend. Even if we look at some um, other forms of entertainment, it seems like so many um, men of color have to portray themselves acting as women to be funny and I just I, I get it you know um does it happen outside of our culture sure it happens outside of our culture but I feel like the rate that men parade in being you know in women clothing and, and having women persona and to use that as being funny I don't know it, it just shows to me a lack of creativity you know, so many funny videos or, you know, videos of comedy of men, you know, acting like women and uh, just, you know, using femininity as a form of comedy. I just don't get where, why is that such a go-to thing, you know. All of our favorites, you know, Martin, Eddie Murphy, all of those people have done those things. And, you know, at the time... I laughed, and then I was just like, you know. As I got older, I thought to myself, like, you know, why is that even necessary? You know, it seems that, or or even even Tyler Perry with his Medea, he's he's made a franchise, he's made a, you know, a, a legacy, a dynasty. So many, so many hundreds of millions of dollars being Medea, and you know, I guess it's funny in some some sense, in some sense, but I feel like. The strong male character, the strong man that, you know, I I know I I sound like that old get off the lawn kind of person, but like, you know, the shafts and the dynamites and like that strong black character, you know, I don't feel like we have have that anymore. I feel like, you know, that presence of a strong man of color, someone that you want to look up to, like, I want to be like that person. I feel like we don't portray that in media anymore. We don't. We don't have that anymore. Now we have the, the Playboy, or the or the super thug, or more popular, the you know, the male parading as a female, and I just feel like masculinity in our community, it's really taking a hit. You know, like, obviously things are done for entertainment and to be funny, but. Where is that strong character? Like, you know, we have Denzel. You know, we have um, Will Smith in certain circumstances. But, you know, I feel the lack of that strong presence, that strong character to look up to, it's gone. And, you know, does does this stereotype of black men not being in the home, has does this have anything to do with it? Is it the lack of presence of, fathers in the home, I, I hate to use that as an excuse for anything right, because me and my co-host and even my guests who were who, who supposed to come on, we grew up having a strong presence of our fathers in the home, and if it wasn't our fathers, it was our grandfather who taught us how to be men, who taught us how to make certain decisions, and you know it wasn't that uncommon to me it wasn't like, you know I grew up in a neighborhood where everybody was raised just by their mother did I see it? Of course I've, I've seen it. But there was a presence of a lot of hard-working men who, who went out, worked every day, and showed us, like, this is what it takes to be, you know, successful, the hard work ethic. But I, can't, I would be disingenuous if I didn't acknowledge that we do have a presence of, you know, men growing up without fathers, men growing up with father figures, and men, you know, having to figure out who are they going to choose as their mentor or as their idols? You know, we did we do we have grown up with that, you know, lack of a presence. But has it got to the point where it's just like masculinity is foreign for these men? I mean, I don't think it's that far for men to find, you know, mentors in their communities, mentors, uh you know, at school, mentors and just, you know, in their activities, especially those who are involved in sports and other activities. There's strong men there, so why is the masculinity seem to be being diminished or femininity being mimicked? Is Can we really say that it's because there's no fathers there that, you know, the young thugs and the new age jerk boys are, are you know, playing with femininity? Like, like I said, I don't even think, you know... As soon as we see a man who uh, mimics femininity, we want to question his sexuality. And that's a whole nother conversation. It's not... Excuse me. It's not these men who are, like, you know, doing these things because they don't know their sexuality or they're bi-curious. That is a whole nother conversation. That, you know, I know for some people coming out as homosexual or bisexual especially in our community is a hard thing to do but you usually when you see these people um, you know it's not necessarily that they you know they're afraid to have their voice and then they 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 come out using femininity that's a whole another thing these men the young thugs the little oozy birds the new age jerk boys they're using this Femininity As some kind of marketing Some kind of You know Look at me kind of thing And I, I find it kind of disturbing I kind of find like you know more, pe- more of these men need to use their talent To get them where they need to be I know the music is all sounding the same So a lot of times You know People need to do something to stand out But I just feel like We're, st- we're going down a trend or a cycle That's really difficult It's going to be really difficult because as each generation pass, you know, we lose the generation before us. The generation before us just becomes a conversation or, you know, the older generation be like, man, I remember when this was happening, that was happening. You know, even the denigration of our music, you know, before, you know, love R&B was about love and, you know, expressing your yeah, appreciation for a woman. And then now it's just like, you know, R&B and hip-hop, you know, the, the sounds have blended so much that, you know, the appreciation of a woman or someone that you care about has to be like, you know, these hoes ain't loyal, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm trying to hit it and bounce kind of thing. You know, I, I don't want to even sound like that old school person, but I just feel like, you know, I really feel it's an issue with the, the lack of masculinity that's being promoted. And you know. I feel like. Even in a. Um, in a show. That's coming out. Called White Famous. Right. Where it, it discusses a black comedian. Who's coming up in this. In the game. And there's a big. You know. Even though it hasn't come out. There's a big promotion. Talking about. Like you know. Man. In order of. the You know. One of his plateaus. Of becoming famous. Is wearing the dress. And Jamie Foxx who's famous for his Wanda role, is like, you know, part of the show, and he's just like, oh, you have a problem with the dress, man. What's wrong with the dress? And, you know, like I said, to me, it's not the issue of sexuality. It's the issue of Hollywood entertainment just being so comfortable with the black man not having that masculine or that macho look anymore. It's just like, you know, it's... I feel like it's being diminished and we're accepting it we're just okay with it we're just we're just embracing it that way and I, I just I just want to know why are we so easily being okay with that and why aren't more people stepping out and saying something about it like you'll hear conversations of people saying oh you know, I don't support men wearing the skinny jeans and stuff like that. I, the skinny jeans, you know, I'm a, I'm a big dude. So, skinny jeans would never make sense to me. I would never even put myself in that kind of category. But, like, men are walking around with leggings and heels and, and feminine shoes. And they don't equate that to not being masculine. They can equate that to being fashion. And you know what? I don't want to be someone who's like criticizing someone on their choice alone. If that's their way of expressing themselves, because of you know they feel a certain way. But I feel like you know it's not a sexuality thing. It's a lack of masculinity in our community, and it's it's an issue because it's like as each generation passes we look to the generation that's right older to us for guidance and I feel like if what we're seeing now in this new age form of entertainment is what people are looking at to aspire to if we feel like we're lost right now our next generation is going to be even crazier so you know I definitely feel like we need more figures to come out and not you know be so harsh and to like dismiss what, the, you know, the people are doing, but kind of just, like, you know, take some of these people in their arms and be like, look, I know you want to shine. Like, for instance, you know, I keep using Young Thug. To me, it's just like Young Thug, when I first was introduced to him, I was just like, this dude, it has no talent. Oh my gosh, he's horrible. I don't understand what he's saying, and it was just like, you know, the old school growing up, late 80s, early 90s, being a fan of the music that way, how you know, how okay, it was an over macho kind of mentality, but it was just how strong and how just like man, there was a presence there and then on top of that there was intelligence in the music, even when the music was addressing, you know, the conditions of the, the neighborhood or, you know, drug dealing Things that you know, things that aren't something that we need to promote, but there was a art, an artistry to it. It was just like pictures were being painted. You know, it was like reading novels. It was like reading novels of society onto beats. It was literally poetry. And then, so when when I was introduced to Young Thug, I was just so dismissive of him because of the imagery. But then I told myself, like, look, you are old head now you know what I'm saying anybody who's still holding on to that you know anybody over the age of 30 you know n- hip hop is always going to be our our child our culture so we're not gonna easily let it go and we're always gonna have some kind of arguments with the transformation of what, where hip hop is going but you gotta also understand it's a new flavor out there so I always tell myself you know what I can't just be like you know Expect for me to always hear Nas, Jay-Z, Big, Tupac You know N.W.A Always to hear that kind of sound So I always told myself Open yourself up So Young Thug came out I, I, was, I dis- dismissed him immediately Because of the imagery But then I started to listen to music I'm like yo This dude is talented All the other gimmicks I don't understand Why You know just for the popularity, so many people sell sell their image and let their image be tainted just so that they can, quote-unquote, get on. You know, it, it, it's tough because it's just like, Young Thug, music-wise, if you listen to his catalog, he's very melodic. Some of his music is kind of nice, but, you know, that attention-grabbing dresses and, and you know, calling... Calling other men his baby and his husband and stuff like that, and you know he has he you know, obviously you never know what someone's sexual orientation truly is unless you you're involved with that person. But he has a, you know a beautiful fiance, you know, baby mothers, and you know a lot of a lot of women in his life. So why does he try so hard to sell the, and he and he's a gang member. You know, and you would think to yourself, like, you know, he's not your stereotypical or prototypical gang member and he and he promotes being so hardcore and so tough, but then, you know, uses his marketing platform as 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 to be almost a cross dresser. So I really don't get it. But I digress. Let me move on to the last topic. The last topic to me is lyricism and hip hop. Is lyricism a lost art form? You know, it's crazy. Because, you know, I'm sounding like the old man, get off my lawn. But I really feel like it's it's such a wonderful thing to hear some of the new age artists who have lyricism. Because it's just like, wow, I know the lyricism is still there. You know, you have your J. Cole's. You have your Kendrick Lamar's. You have your Wale's. Where is this like, you know, they're able to still have some form of artistry in their music while still being able to survive but it's crazy that lyricism is 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 considered whack nowadays there's there's artists out here who's just like you know oh lyrics is for the 90s bro get over it and I'm just like dude you know not to I'm not trying to be out here to give lessons in, in hip-hop but like you know hip-hop started out as like you know what This pain going on, and people were putting out messages. And as the decades progressed, the messages changed, but it was still artistry. You still, you still had to have a presence, have a mic presence. You still had to have wordplay. But now, you'll hear a whole song, and it's just like people are making rhymes with sound effects, you know. And (laughs) there's a popular video going around where uh, a artist who's in um the UK he's at the uh, I think he's on Tim West show and he was just like and a boom boom Scott and his whole freestyle was just sound effects and he felt like he was accomplishing something and I'm thinking to myself wow where is the music going you know it's not about holding on to old ideologies this is about knowing that you know the music had dual functions Yes, the music made you move. Yes, the music made you feel good. Yes, the music allowed you to get past certain feelings that you was going through. You know, sometimes the music used to be soundtracks of, you know, the plight of our people. And obviously, you know, hip-hop is no longer just, you know, the music or the art form of people of color. You know, a lot of people have adapted hip-hop. And I'm cool with that, you know and is there appropriation in, in, in hip hop? Of course there's appropriation but everything that we people of color have started has been appropriated mm. in some way shape or form and we just have to get over it you know what I'm saying but that's not even the conversation but it's just like the presence of lyrics it's funny because uh, the guests I was going to have you know they, they've done music as well so I was going to have this conversation with them as far as the presence of lyricism but it's just like You know, they got on me because I like Kodak Black. I'm not, um, not Kodak Black, but Bodak Yellow from Cardi B. I said Kodak Black because, you know, that's who influenced the song. And they was just like, nah, they couldn't get over, they couldn't get over Cardi B's lack of lyricism. But, to be honest with you, I don't know if my, my palette has been tainted because of what we got coming out. But, Cardi B has bars on Bodak Yellow, you know what I'm saying, and, and you know obviously she's talking about you know Louis Christian and Louis Vuitton shoes and floss and flashing and stuff like that, but her wordplay is clever a lot in the song, and I and I give her props for that. You know we know Cardi B's where Cardi B's coming from, Cardi B being you know internet famous and being a former stripper this that, and the other, but she takes. You know, she takes dedication into her craft. I've, I've listened to both of her mixtapes. And I've, I've really liked some of the songs. She's not Lone Hill by no means. To me, she's not even Remy Ma or Nicki Minaj. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people are like, oh, Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj plays, plays with pop. N- N- Nicki Minaj puts out music to have fun with. But... Don't get it twisted. Nicki Minaj can spit. And I know some people are saying since she's um, moved on from Safari, her music hasn't been that good. But I just think sometimes life, you know, affects people's art. With Nicki, you know, she got her brother with the whole child molestation thing. Breakups with um, Meek Mills and all kind of other things. So, beef with Remy Ma. Sometimes too much of the life affects the music. But... I don't care what anyone says Nicki Minaj is a lyricist There was times where she's on You know, Monster She's on a track with Jay-Z and, and Kanye West And you can't tell me that She didn't embody both of those artists But I digress You know, I, I want to say also With discussing lyricism in hip-hop The commercialization of hip-hop Killed the message, right? Because So, music is a hustle now Music is not necessarily just Expression anymore you know, people be like, yo, I made that trap because I was trying to get radio spins. I made that trap because this is what people want to hear. A lot of times people, you know, criticize, like, oh, you know, since the music moved away from the Northeast and, and now it's Southern dominated, that, you know, oh, that killed lyricism. No, because you can still be lyrical and melodic. I think what people confuse is that, you know, We've moved more to a melodic sound versus, you know, the presence of this vocal, you know, vocal appreciation. So, like, for instance, uh, the Migos. I like the Migos. Sometimes you listen to the Migos lyrics and it's just like, that was pretty tough. But the whole melody that everyone is using, you know... It is what's catchy. So what a lot of people are saying. That you know. That the whole melodic flow. Is is the only presence we have in music. There's lyricism. Like the reason why I appreciate Kendrick Lamar so much. Is Kendrick Lamar spits lyrics. And still have the melodic presence. That people still want to hear. You know. So I do believe the commercialization of music. Has killed lyrics in hip-hop. Because people. People don't want. To spend time, to like, have to analyze what's being said. Before, it, it was a time where you listen to music, and it was just like, you was trying to be like, you know, decipher the little jewels that are being dropped. Now, we give you two minutes and thirty seconds to make us move. If you don't, it tosses you, to, you know, to the side, and it, it's it's a very difficult thing to accept as someone who loves music because it's like you know we always take what we were taught and you know improve upon it you know and I'm saying like you know I always think of you know in the the trans, the transition of music of like Rakim Rakim KRS1 you know I'm probably missing some, some other people of the older ages like those people was just like you hear their, their wordplay playing, their lyricism, and then you know, Wu-Tang, Nas, Biggie, Tupac, Jay-Z, Eminem, those people took the influences of, of those people, their, lyricist, their lyricism, and then applied it into a more fast, upbeat lyricism, and it's just like, wow, you would think that Our Next generation who are supposed to like, you know, have more exposure to things like the Internet that allows you to be more educated, allow you to have more uh, proof of concepts to make lyricism was supposed to go to somewhere next level. You know, I'm saying Kendrick Lamar is doing that, you know, logic, you know, some of these artists are doing that. But I just feel like there's a laziness because people are trying to use music as, as their new product to push. So the hustle of music. The hustle. Let me just get it out. Let me just make people feel good about it. Like no one puts out albums anymore that you play it, you put it away and you bring it back out in a year or two. That's that's a gone that's a gone segment. Like right now, last couple of days I've been rocking out to Lauren Hill's first album. You know what I'm saying? And hearing it and just like wow. That's you know The The mixture of Emotion And lyricism And presence You know what I'm saying Like That is gone You know Jay Z put out 444 Which was dope I'm waiting for Nas to come out Which is dope I just listened to the saga Continues from Wu-Tang Which is dope But it's just like It makes you feel like You're a dinosaur Because So many people don't appreciate You know The presence of Lyricism and um, last thing I want to say before I close out the show, I can't believe it that I will move that fast. But um, does the lack of message in music Contributes to how we are viewed culturally? And I, I think it kinda does and it kinda doesn't because even when our music had presence to it, you know um, you know N.W.A. and like you know those messages K.R.S. One, Public Enemy. We were viewed poorly in the media back then anyway. So, does the lack of message in the music contribute to how we are viewed culturally? Yes, because even then, there were people who were were willing to stand behind us because we got it. You know, it wasn't mass appeal. So, when um, Middle America didn't understand the messages being put out there, it was just scary to people. But now, since we've had 30 years, 40, almost 40 years to get used to hip-hop, people were just understanding that it was an art form. There was music to it. But now, I I feel like the lack of message makes people feel like, you know, our, our youth aren't intelligent anymore, which is not the case. But we're very lazy in our presentation of music. We're very you know, quick. I just wanna get this out, you know, I wanna drop a mixtape, then drop another mixtape to quote unquote flood flood, you know, our fans with music, but you know, we don't get to digest the message anymore. So now it's just like I'm waiting for the next beat to tap my feet to or the next nay nay or, or dance to to do to the next song that comes out and not necessarily, you know, embrace any music. So you know I'm I'm ending this episode on you know. I appreciate those who stuck around or who's gonna take the the hour to listen to me rant about certain things. But you know my 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 presence and whenever I get the chance to use my p- platform, I always want to push the progression of our people and not just let you know stereotypes or things people consider f- from us be standalone. I want us to continue to push. You know, controlling our platforms, controlling our, our output of our, our creativity, you know. So, that's the end of this podcast. This is another episode of Views from the Friend Zone. Like I always tell people, chase your legacy and not a liability. Views from the friend zone, mom trying to be, I'm trying to reach the end zone. You think I'm kinda sweet and you wanna be friends, though. It's cool though, just don't try to play me for no fool, yo. Views from the friend zone, mom trying to be, I'm trying to reach the end zone. You think I'm kinda sweet and you wanna be friends, though. It's cool though, just don't try to play me for no fool, yo.